Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Well, guys, we have some exciting news for you from Vortex about their brand new eyewear, their Banshee and Jackal sunglasses. Me and Andrew have had these for a few weeks now, right before the release, and we've been extremely impressed. They're awesome glasses, guys. And listen, if you're needing some new sunglasses, not only do they have the VIP warranty, but they're tough as crap, guys. Uh, Scratch-resistant eyewear, uh, it's extremely important. And also, they have safety features as well. So when you're out shooting at the range, again, these are rated glasses, so you are going to be more than protected when you're at the range. But they also look fantastic when you're out around town. So right now, Vortex has some special pricing on their website, which is vortexoptics.com for the new eyewear. But also, if you use the code SOUTHERN20, you get to save even more on this special pricing for right now at vortexoptics.com. Again, check out the new eyewear from vortexoptics.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN20 to save on their brand new eyewear. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, everybody, welcome back. We've got another episode of the Southern Outdoors podcast leading up to turkey season. Uh, we got another killer on with us today, sitting in front of me, Mr. Uh, Mike Pentecost, Woodhaven Custom Calls. Mike, Glad to be here, man. It's an honor. It's an honor. Hey. I got that gravel in my voice. You know, we just finished <laughs> up the NWTF show. I mean, man, this is the morning after. This is like the. Oh yeah. You know, it's funny because we did so many episodes here last year, and if you go back and listen to them in chronological order, you can hear everybody's voices starting to decline. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone it's seems getting all that worn wear down. factor. I mean, you know, but. You, it's a great thing to be here. You know, kudos to NWTF. They're that governing body, so to speak, to focalize the turkey, turkey nation, if you would be there. I mean, the, um, you know, they, they kind of keep that glue of us putting that 
turkey on point and everything. But, you know, it's a great show, um, big big time. Big. I'm sure they broke records again this weekend. And, you know, but you get to meet old friends and you get to make new ones here. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we see some old faces that just continue to every year. We see them, we see them, we see them. Mm-hmm. But uh, we keep learning, keep doing things that's new and innovative. And then, you know, you're proud for everybody here. Really, I mean, not not just the guys coming in the turnstile, but the guys that's on the floor. There's room for everybody. Everybody needs to do their thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, man, it's a good time every year. I look forward to this all year, every year. It's like the turkey rock and roll. It you know, is. It's, it's the turkey <laughs> rock and roll show. Or is a custer? Well, custer. I've had a couple other guys tell me this too, um, talking about that this is very much like the Super Bowl of turkey hunting. Absolutely. I mean, there's like this the whole week. Um, and again, especially since they did uh, Thursday through su- uh, Thursday through Saturday uh, for the show, you know, kind of giving Sunday kind of day break, get everybody pack up and get ready to leave, so they don't have to get home super late tonight. It's a, I think an awesome idea. But uh, Pete Moeller, uh, I hope they stay that. Yeah, Wait, I hope they stay that course. I think we learned something. <laughs> Our, this is a way way better deal with the Thursday, Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday show and the Sunday on the getaway, get back. Yep. It's, that's a lot better. Everybody was nervous going into it. I mean, spending another minute on that topic in the nwtf show mm-hmm. um thursday was a good i mean we, nobody knew that the the thursday was the gorilla in the room mm-hmm. Never, nobody knew if the public would show up on thursday and you know again thank goodness to turkey fans and turkey call fans and everything thursday was a better day to us than our sundays are mm-hmm. it's like in the past it's been a friday saturday sunday show and Friday, Saturday is awesome. I mean, Friday's always great. Saturday's mm-hmm. always stupid. I mean, <laughs> okay. You know, it's just it's just ludicrous down yeah. there. I mean, on that floor. But and then Sunday, just you know, it's just like that dread of some kind. You know, yeah. it's like you did this great thing on Saturday all day long, and then Sunday's just the getaway day. And then, oh, so yeah. you know, it's kind of like one of my. Uh, folks said it was like Thursday they did show up we had a good flow of people good traffic uh, it was a better than our Sunday okay. on the turnstile mm-hmm. and that matters you know it, as a business person you have to look at the the numbers on the on the book so mm-hmm. to speak too so I mean yeah um, you know our Thursday was better than our Sunday and it was like we went Thursday Friday Saturday and we we finished on we're done yeah, we finished on a high note. We don't have the oh, Sunday. Yeah. Oh man. Yep. You know, so you had people at your booth up until after closing time, which I know because I was one of them. I was like, "Give me that chair classic." I snatched one of those things up. <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> yeah, no, it was awesome. I, I at first I was kind of um, frustrated on the aspect that it wasn't going to be a Sunday show, but now kind of experiencing this and seeing how good Saturday was, because Sunday is always kind of miserable. I mean, now we don't Everyone's have, packing up at like 12. Or like, well, they're not supposed yeah. to, but they're starting to take stuff down and, and that's, stuff. that's the issue. Everybody knows they're on the getaway thing, and they're not going to turn, turn their back. You didn't see much of that yesterday. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. little did yep. you see packing out at 4 o'clock, 5. You, started, you know, the show club went to 6, I think. You saw very little of that trickle out because there was people still standing in the aisles. Mm-hmm. You know, on Sunday, in the past, I'm sorry to beat, beat that up, but, I mean, you know, it was like, you know, there was this little trickle of stuff and of people, and then there was a few right after church, and, you know, and then it was like everybody's on roller skates just trying to run around and just kind of – and it was – everybody was – it, it really it's not a good show it's not a good thing at all because of all the people trying to you know you say you're not going to do that can't do that it's against the rules but people's doing it they're leaving mm-hmm. you know the, and, but uh when yesterday you didn't see much of that because people no. were still there you know 
wanting to talk, wanting to buy. Oh, yeah. You know, and I mean, you know, we're glad to get to sell somebody something, but it's like I was telling you, I mean, it's, it's really an honor to get to meet your people and meet the fans and talk to guys. Hey, how does this call run or what does – doing – Doing that hands-on in-person stuff, there's nothing for it. People yeah. are hungry yeah. for knowledge. They're hungry for knowledge of how to run calls, product knowledge of calls, and they're hungry for information on hunting and killing and how to you know do that stuff too. I mean, there, there's a hunger there for information. They like entertainment. Y'all entertain. Uh, Aaron and the guys there, they entertain. I mean, that's an entertaining. Uh, Dave, his show, I mean, uh, those guys, they entertain and inform. Y'all are in part of the information process. And that's one thing that I've really become uh, focused on or uh, in knowledge of my own self, looking at the outside, mm -hmm. in, in, from the inside-out perspective, people are hungry for knowledge. Yeah. You know? Well, that's one of the reasons why we started the show is because we're not great – we're not – expert on anything but we love talking to guys like yourself and other guys that are extremely experienced and ask the questions that people want to hear mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of like what we're going to talk about today which is a great segue uh kind of going into your background now uh would you go over with us a little bit about your turkey hunting history because i know you've been doing it for a long time uh you know as we kind of talked about earlier you know there's there's hunters and then there's killers and you're definitely a killer yeah. uh so what was your transition like from when you first started turkey hunting to like when it started clicking with you of like you can go out there and you had the confidence to kill pretty much any bird if you wanted to get on them the uh, wisdomship 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 i'm gonna tell you that's that's the bottom line i've done you know you can look at the glass half full half empty all the mm -hmm. time i'm the glass is always half full so i'm always kind of that proactive positive kind of guy um and then you can look backwards and hindsight's twenty twenty. So you, my granddaddy always said, and I'll I'll probably reference him a lot, but I can't believe it. You know those old sayings that they give you over the years. You don't realize you're hearing them, but then you live them later. You know, granddaddy said, well, you used to tell me he said he said sport. He called me sport a lot. He said sport. You got to live a life to know how to live a life. And he said that ain't the rules we get to play by. You get one shot. So now I'm able to look backwards and 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 dissect and learn. But if I learn and can pass that on to somebody else, I, I, it's a win-win, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but I look, I'm able to look back and realize I had a passion for being outside and outdoors, not just, to, you know, as a kid. And my granddaddy and my daddy, uh, they weren't turkey hunters. There weren't many turkey hunters around, period. And here's the way it went for me. I mean, I, I was able to go out squirrel hunting and stuff like that, 10, 12 years old. I didn't get, you know, my guy, my, my kids are, you know, 12 and 13, my boys are 12, 13, girls 16. You know, right now, as, as of now, you know, my kids, I mean, my, Jacob, he killed a, uh, as a six-year-old, he killed a single-season double grand slam all on film. I mean, you know, dude, if I'd have been killing them at six years old, my, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, you, know, so you see what I mean? I'm, I'm able to pass that on. But my, back to mine, I was, you know, they took me turkey, uh, squirrel hunting and deer hunting and stuff like that. And as I grew on up, a little bit and I started becoming a man I mean you know mm -hmm. young man I started there was a difference you know when the when you talked about turkey hunting and turkey guys um there was a very small handful and I kind of noticed that I that I that I looked up to those guys you know what I mean mm -hmm. they they were they were something different about them they drove the cool bronco and and that for me I mean I'm a you know I'm a 15 16 year old kid you know they was the, they drove they all drove something different they was they, they carried themselves different and that I don't looking back that made it that, that, that ding 
that something went off in me you know and then being in the woods um there's nothing like being in the woods like i tell people you know mother nature and father time being in the woods and the turkeys themselves i you know i was there really to deer hunt and i was a deer hunter that just said man i want to do more you know i was the deer hunter that started doing archery you know and that was a mm-hmm. you know back in 80 that was a big you know to move to <laughs> archery type stuff then and then to then to just kind of keep staying in the woods and um i mean when you get in the woods and i learned this the day i i would get in the woods and i wouldn't come out for you know i had these little places that these little pl- Quonson hut type things and had places i'd kind of build shelters got pretty smart at building kind of survivalists in the woods but you learned woodsmanship by making mistakes and you learn turkey hunting and deer hunting stuff by making mistakes. The turkeys themselves were big, big, you know. But I would I learned to get with a flock and learn how to stay with them, move with them, get ahead of them, make mistakes, bust them, you know, hear what they were doing. And, uh, you know, that makes you really, really keen because you start picking up on, on body language of what the animals are doing, what the turkeys are saying and doing, which way they're heading, what they're doing when it's raining, what they're doing when it's cold, what they're doing when it's warm, just a lot of different things. I mean, so as a progression, I was just, I, you know, and then, then you know, I, you know, the first, I mean, nobody ever really took me. There was a man there in town, though, that was one of those guys I looked up to one day. He said, you know, come on, go with me tomorrow. And, uh, but he didn't go with me you know he pointed to that side you go right there and i'm going right here and uh i remember that morning because uh i quote unquote worked the turkey i didn't work the turkey but i was calling to him and he was gobbling and i was just you know tore up and uh uh, you know and when he when we met back you know i was like man i had one and i told him all i was in his eyes got because he'd not even heard a turkey gobble all morning you know, he was like, well, where's he at? You know, we went, I said, well, last time I heard, you know, and, and so, I mean, but still, you learn a lot, you learn a lot, you learn a lot. And then when I started killing, when I killed that first one, first turkey I killed, I, I sit and sit and sit. I finally said to myself, I'm not moving because I figured out I was, my getting up and moving was my, I thought was my <laughs> demeanor. It was my debt, was my, and it probably was. I was young, dumb, stupid, you know, had my little gun there, you know, but and had a little call, a little plastic call, a little slate call, and, you know, but, and the turkeys would gobble, and, and I said, I'm not moving. I'm just going to sit here, and, and I'm, I'm not moving. I think it was four and a half hours I sat, and the turkey finally showed up, and I killed him. Well, that was like the light bulb went off, man, and it didn't take long that, you know, if he gobbled, I wanted to kill him. And it didn't take me long to figure out the plan. And, and from that point on, I, it's like I made steps forward. And, I, I mean, it, it, the rest is kind of what it is, you know. I started going all over. All I've hunted is public ground. I mean, I mean Dave and them do a great story now with the, the Penhody deal. I live in the Penhody woods. The Penhody trail comes right by my, you know. And so all those woods and all those big mountains back in the t- when I had time to go, that's another thing. I didn't get married till I was 36. I made my time. I did what I wanted to do. Didn't have to come out. Quit a lot of jobs. You know, that probably wasn't a smart thing to do, but I've been able to survive it, you know. And, and honestly, God's just opened up paths for me. It's been, you know, it's been a, a, a tough road in some ways, you know, but we're not, man, becoming successful with Woodhaven. You know, it's, it's starting to come around. People learn to trust that. And again, if you do things the right way, 
build a good product, put it in a good package, and then back it with like you back it with yourself. You know, it, people people will follow that, and they get mm-hmm. what they you know get what they pay for, and and I think they appreciate that. But I've lived the the pinhody deal. I've run that pinhody myself, so took kudos to Dave and them. They're doing it and showcasing it now with camera grunting and, mm-hmm. and it's giving good information and entertainment to people and you know i lived that life 30 years ago because i was able to run and go all over the country and didn't have a you know family didn't have a wife and got married when i was 36 and things kind of changed from there i mean changed direction but yeah. i mean that's a long long I, man I, that's a long breath wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> I think Andrew needs some water, poor child. Over here needs to go get some water. No, but Mike, that, that's fascinating. My question for you, it seems like woodsmanship was the very first thing you focused on when you got into turkey hunting. When did calling start clicking with you? Like, when did you start seeing the advantages of calling and start, like, getting more efficient at it, where you actually understood, like, the communication of a bird instead of just, you know, I think most guys, like, new guys, myself included, um, you know think of just like yelping like it's all they think about which which is fine i'm sure you can kill a bunch of birds doing that but when did you start crafting your style of hunting and when it came to calling i don't think it was long i mean you know you you can you can constitute that what you're saying while ago is making noise everybody wants to be able to make a more a noise to engage the turkey Mm -hmm. i mean we know turkey hunting's fun because you get to talk to the turkey you know um and they talk back if they're, you know, if everything's happening. I mean, they're a vocal uh, game animal. I mean, the hands yelping and the gobbler's gobbling. But really, it's about communicating. I mean, you've got to figure out when, when and what, and kind of dissect. And being in the woods a lot gave me that ability uh, to kind of cipher on what I wanted to say. I don't think it was long into the game that I, I but. You don't want to be cliche, but it's really, really my story was I, I, I seriously wanted to sound, I'm very, what's the word, I'm wax on, wax on, multi, I, I'm very anal about my stuff and my way. Yeah, type A, very type yeah, A. Very, and, I, and, and I wanted it to be not just, you know, I wanted to be the best I could. I wanted to be like those four or five guys, like I told you a while ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but those were those, those were those guys, and I wanted to be that guy. I, I, again, I don't. I didn't mean to be, but I realize now that's what I was trying to be, and I was trying to be something really that didn't, didn't really appeal to me. Now, you know, I was like, man, why would you think that? He, my dad told me, uh, actually, his dying words. My, my dad told me something very simple, and you know, I was like, you know, my, you know, dad. I mean, tell me more, Tim. He told me one simple thing: don't worry about your mistakes, son. You know, and that reasons with me. So I don't worry too much more about that. I just think that and move on. But I was trying to be something that I, you know, I, I, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. I was, I was focused on something that was probably. But it, but that drive in me. I mean, you start talking about turkey hunting, you'll see my my teeth. You know, and 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 I begin to absorb a little bit. You know, but you know, it was just like. So back to your point and your question. I just wanted to, to, to if I if I had a slate call, I wanted it to sound right. I didn't want it to sound like pop pop I wanted it to sound pop yep. and, and and I mean, I may not be the best in the world. To, I mean, gosh, got Mike, Matt Van Sys just won another friction and another man. He is one of the and there's some great great talented talented perfection type callers. I mean, those guys are they're just very talented. Uh, I think there's a lot of good, talented, decent 
inside the box deal, you know, hunters. What my goal is is to put the quality of product and then put the knowledge of how to use that product, like the call, mm-hmm. to sound as proficient as you can be so that you are communicating as properly. Sometimes less is best. You know, my analogy is if you can cluck and kill him, be the best clucker you can be. You know, clucking's enough. You know, if you everybody likes to yelp and call and cut, and, man, it feels good. I love it. As long as he's gobbling and coming, I like to do that. But, man, if you get in the right position and do things right and cluck, and, I mean, the deadliest tool I make, the deadliest call I make on my shelf, that, that, you know, because we make, everybody likes to call with their mouth calls and yelp. And, we, man, we make some great box calls and pot calls, and they're great, you know. But, you know, my thing, a lot of guys come up to me and ask me, is what, what if you could take one? And that'll be a question that I'm probably beating you to the punch. If you could take one, um, you know, and I'll tell them, I said, look, I would take that real hen box call if that was, you know, because I can cluck, I can yelp and everything with it. But then I'd take that per pot. Oh, if I was a mouth yeah. call, I mean, I can yelp that my and, and I can, you know, I can because I can, I can do that stuff, you know. A lot of guys can't, but if I could yelp with that mouth call, and I could, I'd take that per pot. And if I take those pot calls, man, they we make some. I'm blessed, make some of the best yelping, sounding, cutting. I can teach you how to do it. But the bottom line is that per pot clucks and purrs, and it goes right back to what I said two minutes ago. If you can cluck and kill him. You know, so the deadliest call I make is the clucking per pot. I mean, I, the bottom line is the deadliest call I got on that shelf is the clucking per pot. I mean, it's soft. Mm-hmm. What's those, the analogy? Walk, uh, the walking talk dude, you know, uh, so, talk you know, soft. Talk soft, carry, carry a big, big stick. stick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, that would probably be my analogy. I'm a tiptoer. I'm worse than this shadow. If I get on him, I'm worse than this shadow. You know, move slip slide get in the right position cluck and kill it now i've got a question for you when it comes to the public land hunting uh kind of the area that you hunt is is at least early season is fairly wide open because there's not much green going on early season like that i know a lot of questions a lot of guys have especially in alabama you know especially mississippi because they're opening up before alabama this year um is you know that early season getting on birds and everything's still wide open especially if you're hunting you know hardwoods what is your tactic in those situations when it is so open, it's loud walking through there, especially on a calm morning? Do you have anything that you do that kind of can help you slip in on a bird? Or? It's, it's about the approach. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to write that word down, approach. It's all about your approach. You've got to think where that gobbler is and what is he hearing. You've got to put yourself where he is, and you've got to think what is he hearing. His hearing is 10 times, that's just what everybody always said, 10 times better than yours. You know, so again, walking and stomping with your feet, just all these people, they're stompers. I, you know, my, one of my biggest things is, is just walk, again, pick your feet up. I try to teach my sons, you know, one, my 12-year-old is going to be, they, the doctor says he's going to be 6'4", 6'6", 240. You know, he's got feet already like it, and I'm, but, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, Teach him to, you know, to, to pick his feet up. So you gotta, you got to think that approach, and you got to put yourself where the gobbler is and figure out what he's hearing. <clears throat> I want to create, even before I even make a call, I want to create that scenario. Even, and if he's on the ground and it's mid-morning, I want to create the scenario that this, 
that the hen's coming to him. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to fool him. I want to create that scenario that a hen's coming to him, not another man, mm-hmm. or you know, not a human. You know that he's just getting spooking him. You know, I think turkeys don't get so much call shy. I think they get human shy, and that's the reason when guys want to go on these deep treks back into the woods. You know, they think they're getting. You know, more and more people are willing to go deep in the woods and walk nowadays. Uh, I mean, so I mean, they think that time. I've had. To, Remind me to come back to that. I've had to re- revise my um, a way of hunting and how my way of hunting has revised over here. Remind me to go back to that because that's a good ta- a good tactic that I need to put on to guys that, to help them hunt. Mm-hmm. But when I have time, you know, go and anyway, that's, that's on that other subject. Back to what I'm saying, it's the approach, and I won't don't want to set up where the turkey can see me. I want to set up so he's got to find me. Okay. I don't, I'm not going to set up where I can – it's all fun to see him coming. And see, the problem is, is all these people with the cameras, to do TV and to do camera stuff, you've you, you got to have content that people the people want to see the turkey coming. And sometimes you set up in the right setup, and it just, it just doesn't matter. But to kill consistently, I want to set up with a lip and, 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 and towards topography – setups you know like the, the the saddles they talk about deer hunting where the deer come turkey's doing the same thing we can we, turkey killing spots you know I, I can walk through the woods and, and buddies are minded with me you know we they kind of pick up on what i'm you know and they'll say this is, a, this is a killing hole right here this is a killing spot i'd kill one right here you know it's just you just invariably it's just in me mm-hmm. you know but it's over that's time and and woodsmanship and stuff. I said, man, you could kill one. You know, we could just be walking through the woods and said, man, you could kill one right here because we know that's where the turkey wants to be. That's, that goes back to that knowledge and that time in the woods. There's no amount of pencil and paper and, and amount of podcast that I can put that into. Yes, that's just being in the woods. That's woods times and putting them feet on the ground. Yeah, so you're trying to find where the birds want to be and then slipping in there and set up in a position so the bird has to round a corner. He's got to come around something inside a gun range before he can see people you. yeah you better be and that makes you a better turkey hunter you lose some because you know you're set up and you think you and you hear him walking you hear that drum and come you know and and all of a sudden he pops up and he's right there and you're you know you just have to do what you you just have to do what you just the best you can the worst thing a lot of times guys you need to you know to remember that the swing shot does not that's just man that's a bad deal for the turkey and the dude you know, just just hold your water, let him do what he's doing, reset up on him, and let him, maybe he'll make a mistake. But most of the time, the swing shot is not a good shot. Mm-hmm. You know, if he if he if if he wins, he won. Yep. You know, let him win. Let him just hold you, hold what you're doing. Don't spook him. That's the problem. You know, if he sees you and spooks, ain't nothing you can do about it. But just hold yourself. If he comes up, knock down your gun barrel where you thought. Just let that one go. Tip your head down. Don't let him. And just hope and pray he just walks on by you, you know. Give him. He may or he may just come in there and say, you know, I don't see that. Hand. My turkeys really, really do the peak and go. My turkeys will, you know, if they get to where they can see where that hen should be and they think they should see that hen, you know, a lot of times they're done. You know, they may they may come and my turkeys are hatched with PhDs, hard hats, and flat jackets, man. <laughs> I'm going to write a book. Go ahead and write that down. I'm in the name of the turkey book. It's going to be we're hatched with PhDs, hard hat, and flat jackets. So don't let nobody take that away from me. <laughs>
<laughs> I remember we talked about that last year at camp uh, about because you very much believe in that, as in those birds out there. It's something about birds in that area, but really a lot of public land birds in Alabama are just a totally different. They're all Easterns, okay? But compared to other states, I've heard other guys that traveled, like, there's something special about, like, Alabama birds. Mm -hmm. And just, it's not necessarily, I don't even know if you say that they're knowledge, but it's like, it's bred into them of how weary some of those birds can be and how hard they can be killed. Um, But, again, you have success doing that. And also taking other guys out, like you took, you know, Aaron and uh, Jake and the guys out from the hunting public out there and uh, had some fun times. And I think you said Aaron missed one, had a bent barrel or something. I didn't go in the bent barrel. (laughs) I I flogged him with my face mask and told him, dang it, man. You know, and I told but the real culprit right there, now we won't stay on that subject long, but Jake from State Farm, He's a cameraman. You know, them little cameramen now, they don't have the big tripod set up like, you know, or the, you know, they do it like this anymore. Well, the turkey came up. I mean, and I didn't, we done course, coordinated, uh, orchestrated because all the call, we did, a, uh, Aaron and I did a great job. He's a good turkey guy. I, I And, you know, speaking of, I enjoy those guys. And I enjoy being here with you guys. But, um you know, and the turkey had come a long way and everything, and 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 the, and the turkey came up. You know, I, I you know, I bet it was right where I would been sitting when the turkey committed. He committed. I was in a spot. Now, tell if you took that onion apart one more layer at a time. I, I, we were playing with that turkey, and I mean, you, you know, I'm speaking with my hands, and your audience can't see that, but I had got to a spot, mm-hmm. and if I didn't have Aaron with me mm-hmm. and and Jake with me filming. I mean, I had went to a spot. I mean, it's one of them. I could kill that turkey. Mm-hmm. Right, and when one, when he made his move, when the turkey made his move and was right, he he had, you know, I said, if I'd have been by myself, I'd have slipped up fifty yards to the break of where the, where that turkey came around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd have killed him. All right. <clears throat> the turkey came, and Jake and Aaron were up here, and I was trying to. And when I got to here, I was like. This is the spot, but I thought this will do because I had them where the turkey had to break over. Yeah. But he did exactly what I knew he was going to do once I got here, and it's too late to, you know, it's too late <laughs> to get them to relay that to me. We just had to play the game because he did exactly what I knew he was going to do. He came, and he came around, he came right to. Yeah. But it did, but once he once he could. Did this? My only thing was because I knew what was fixing to happen. He was going to come to where I was, and I was going to be there, and they couldn't shoot him. Mm-hmm. So what I started doing was going around, circling around, and, and calling him back behind him, mm-hmm. trying to pull him. I thought we, and he 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 came, and he right, was right there. But going back to that, he, I told Jake from State Farm if because he the turkey came up, and Jake went like this, and I, you know, you can't do that on my turkeys, yeah. you know. <laughs> And the camera moved that little, you know, he thought he needed to get, you know, and then the turkeys, you know, and, and then made Aaron make a, a shot that was, you know, less than, per, you know, when a turkey's putting and starting to move. That's not good. So I told Jake from State Farm that if he did that again, his new name would be Tombstone because we would put, be putting his name on a tombstone. <laughs> Cameraman don't spook turkeys that I've called three-quarters of a mile through public woods in my, mm, yeah. I wanted to ask you about that hunt because that was an, that and. We can talk about that. That one's still talked about today. That that yeah. hunt one, it's, it's in, in, in the misses is the one we talk the most about. Yep. Well, that that's, that was an interesting hunt, cause especially because all of our listeners, they can go watch that if they haven't already after we talk about it. But I want to talk about how y'all got that turkey in because it was kind of an interesting situation 
where I think you guys had multiple birds or, or he was real far away. Mm-hmm. And I think you were saying something about how he's gobbling like he doesn't have hens with him. Right. And that's how y'all went after that bird. Can you break down how you knew that and then how you, you know, planned to get that bird when he was 400 yards away through a well, valley? I, uh, and that's a good, good point you're bringing up there. Uh, if the average guy would have left because where we went, you know, we, we, we climbed high and we were, we, we were you know, I, we were going here the woods, but the woods didn't open up like textbook. You know, there wasn't no goblin right off the roost. The goblin off the roost was away from us, and we were looking for a window. Again, I'm talking with my hands, and your audience can't. <laughs> we were looking for a cone, and I and I, I use that analogy a lot. I'm looking for a cone dynamic your your viewers need i mean your uh listeners need to think that like the shape of a, a, mega, a cheerleader megaphone mm-hmm. and then put that in a grand scale i am trying to i mean if i'm in a spot that i can i mean i'll go 360 to the turkey but i'm my my mindset is i'm there to do that megaphone that if you just made that large you know yeah. that's where i want i wanted the turkey to gobble that way that's what that's the turkey i wanted to go after Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, why is that? Why do you want them to gobble in certain ways? Because you know the terrain, and it's easier for to kill one in a certain direction. Or what's what's your analogy behind that? Because we got in a situation last year in that that same piece of property where we had five six birds all around us gobbling, and we just decided to go to the closest bird to us, and it didn't work out, and then they all shut up, and we should have sat there longer than we did instead of going to the top of the mountain. Um, <laughs> we talked about that in a couple other episodes, but. Why do you? Why are you looking for a specific location in a specific area, like looking at that cone? If there's some behind you goblin, you know I, that's one of those things that I think that I need to try to figure that answer out for myself. I think that's one of those deep down rooted things that I just you know I don't think about. I just do it because I know it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't. I think that's one of them seed of your britches deep in your heart, deep in your soul. You just I can't tell you why. I mean, it's it's one of them things that just if you're a turkey dude, if you're mm-hmm. a turkey, you know, and it's just one of those things. I mean, I remember a guy that was with me in that same area one day uh, that we climbed that mountain, and you know, and he had heard a turkey in there, and and uh, you know, and the turkey started gobbling and and doing all that, you know, and and he was just just you know had his stuff up ready to, and I, and he was like. How many times are you gonna let him gobble? Let's go! And I'm like, listen now, you just, I'm calling the shots today. And we sit there <laughs> a little bit longer, you know. I said, you brought me here for a reason, and you, you know, I'm not being mean, but you're gonna listen to me. And I sit there, and again, it's one of them deep, down in your soul kind of things. You know, this turkey's as far away as that, and we call it there. Mm-hmm. And then, and I'm like. I said, and I looked around at where it was, and I said, you know, let's let's set up here. And that guy looked at me like, you know, he, but he's used to the mentality is let's go to him. And that, and a lot of times you got to go to him. Don't let, don't let me think that's not the right, or don't let me just tell you that that's not the right way. Sometimes you just got to go. They used to call me Nat. That was when I was younger. That was one of the nicknames I got, other than TKM. Some of my guys that would hunt with me would call me Nat. They said, because as soon as the turkey gobbled, I looked like a gnat going over. And they was like, yeah, you know, we got to catch up with him. You know, I, I said, man, he looks like a black gnat. Just, you know, he just like a dot because he's gone. I mean, and that was just, again, learning. 
But, uh, you know, we sit down there, and, and I said, look, let's just sit up here. And we're going and, – uh, and then as we backed up, sometimes, man, I'll move three or four times backing up. Mm-hmm. Not going to, but backing up to make myself get in a better killing position. <laughs> and, again, that's one of those learning things about woodsmanship. You know, that morning we called that turkey right there. Yep. He came, and, my, you know, and the guy didn't get a shot. He came up, and he just didn't feel comfortable with the shot, and that's all. I mean, it is what it is. But and then that morning, I, I don't know. It's just I just I just felt that swear. I, and but you know, going back to your point, nothing gobbled that way. Mm-hmm. Most your, most cone. folks would yeah. Most folks would have just said you know all right, let's reshuffle. You know yeah. And I, but kudos to Aaron and them. They didn't question me. They they admitted they did behind my back. But you know, you know, <laughs> uh, they was like, "What the hell? I mean, what the heck's he doing, man?" You know. And and uh, but the turkey, you know, kudos to the turkeys. They did participate for me. So, but they these turkeys gobbled later on, and that way got us in the game, and we started moving towards them. What happened was two turkeys wound up answering us, and you know, and that the the turkey that was down. If the turkey's down, again, the turkey knowledge, turkey, and you just, the hens have got with him. He's gobbling let you know, come on, come on down here with me and the rest of the ladies, but I'm not coming to you. And this one was gobbling and holding his ground, but he was in a spot that told me he didn't have hen. Which he was, was what? He's high. So he's like up on a high knob up above the valley. He's not down in the valley. That's right. Okay. This and these turkeys was in was in moderate range of each other, quarter mile. The, the way the woods are, you could hear them so well. Open season, mm-hmm. early in the season, oh, everything. Yeah. All right. This turkey's gobbling down, and this turkey's gobbling here, meaning still high, but in a. He was in just a. He was in a spot that would give you that. You know, and I told him if he don't come soon we i know how to get there and we'll again that goes back to what I, something i said 30 minutes ago the approach sometimes the best way is just go straight at him and sometimes it's that make that get across <coughs> because you make so much noise on the side of a hill you're you're just you know you think you walk through some woods and uh that you haven't spooked anything well you hadn't seen anything you may have spooked a ton by you walking because that cone effect of noise Mm -hmm. of sound is forecasting that you're there way before the critters know the acoustics at that place because i noticed that last year walking side ridges on that you got to get on the other side of the ridge opposite of the turkey if you want that's right because the acoustics it does carry early season it is ridiculous And I think, like, people like myself, I didn't notice it until that evening. Learning, I roosted yeah. a bird, walked towards them, or I thought I roosted a bird, was walking towards it. I'm like, man, it's freaking loud. And I'm down on the side of this little ridge in this valley, and it is just, you can tell it's just carrying. <clears throat> so you got to get up around and get on the back side of it sneaking down. So you're already learning. Yep. But, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I mean, back to your point, I just, it was just, he he was in a spot that, and he was gobbling like he had hens, but what he was just doing, he was stubborn and he was trying to hold his ground. Yeah. You know, but you know, finally the curiosity that killed the cat. You know, <laughs> and of course, it, the curiosity that made spooked the turkey was—he <laughs> did come over and he got away, obviously. But. 
let's touch on the topic that you had brought up earlier that I think Andrew wrote down. Well, um, and by the way, to watch that hunt, it's on the Hunting Public's page. Yeah, THP. So, yeah, so. And I can't call those guys. The, you, you finish your thought. I can't call them the. I call them the Turkey Hunting Public because I guess I, the, the Hunting <laughs> Public THP. I call them the Turkey Hunting Public. I turkey don't. Yeah, public. They, I know they, they're great at whitetail too. But those are good guys. I really like them. But that is on oh, there. Yeah. You may know what more about the episode or not. Yeah, it's a. Like, the reason I wanted to talk about that, I just thought that was interesting, how you approach that hunt. And people can go watch it, because a lot of the people we talk to on the show, you can't go watch the hunts that we talk about. But you can actually go watch that one, so it'll help people yeah. kind of visualize things. It was early season. Well, so a question I've got is, um, well, what was the topic that we wrote down Can I go back to? You're, you're talking about hunting on limited time. You have tactics for hunting on, like, a very strange time. As my time, business but. and my family, you can put it any, into any normal guy's <clears throat> scenario. Whatever's limiting your time, time is something that you can't control. I spend as much time in the woods as I can. I mean, if I'm enjoying myself, I want to be there. If I don't, if business or something's on my mind, sometimes I use the woods to soothe that soul of part of my, sometimes I use, but that's not really hunting. It's, that's a soothing time. That's a time, and that's, you know, I'm not trying to get philosophical with anybody, but that's just that time you go, I don't want to think about nothing. Mm-hmm. Let's let that, let, let that nature take that away from me. That's like, a, that's like that natural Alka-Seltzer. If I'm in the woods, I want to be on point, all right? But then my, going back to my time, I learned that I was adjusting my schedule, and I still do it today because early season, I'm really, really, in a turkey call business, I'm really, really busy, right? A lot of times the weather's cantankerous, it's cold, it's wet, it's water. Turkeys ain't really, you know. So I learned to a tactic of, of more than anything, going and listening, making myself a pattern of where, because I didn't have time to walk deep and walk out. You know, I got I need to get back to work, you know. Or, or I got to take, you know, I got to take the kids to school. I got to do, but if I got the opportunity to go, I get up and go what I can. I try to make the quality moments, you know, become quality nuggets for later. So I may do nothing but locate. And if I get one that's close that I think is just doable, I may try him, you know, early season. Yeah. Otherwise, I'll just put it in my pocket and say, all right, you know, you're right there, you know, and you're gobbling this, and then I may go check. I may stay right there and just listen to him gobbling, listen to what he does, mm-hmm. you know. And if and, and then you know turkeys will tell you a ton. They, you know, because that turkey may stay and stay and stay, and I may be able to. You know, everybody says, "How many you kill?" Well, you know, used to I thought that mattered, but um, you know now it's just the fun of the game. You know, playing the check. You know, I did a thing uh, called the you know the checkmate years ago. That, you know, turkey hunting when done right and done in a sporting way during the during but is between two um, uh, great foe, you know, foes, and you know they move and match until one of them says checkmate. You know, either the turkey gets you and you leave without him, or either you you know you you got to drop on him and you leave with him. You know, checkmate. That's kind of a cool analogy when it's done right it's between two good foes that. You know, playing the game. It's just mm-hmm. chess match. He's playing with his life, though, and we're playing for fun and food. Yep. You know, but I hope I answered that. But but what I'm saying is I don't just get out. I don't have time to go deep. I don't have time to stay and hunt. But I go and do my inventory and move around and listen and kind of see what the, you know, what the, where, where the pressure is, where the trucks are. And, you know, kind of, well, now that turkey's been probably, if he's still alive, if somebody ain't in there that's good enough to kill him, you know, well, then, you know. But but I put all that into my my computer, 
you know, my and then, yeah. and I'm able to come back and say, well, let me go in here. And, and you know, it gets April, mid-April or so. I mean, mm-hmm. that's when I start having a little more time to to go a little. You know, say I'm, I'm, I'm gonna leave the truck and I'm gonna walk and I'm gonna hunt this day. Yeah. So that's that actually sounds a lot like something we talk about in deer season a lot with a whole bunch of different guys is uh, hunting like it's a process. It's not like a day thing where you're going out there just to hunt. It sounds like you're going out several times and building your knowledge on like, okay, this turkey's in this holler and I listened to him and he seemed like he did this. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you might not go kill him that day, but maybe in three weeks you might Absolutely. go try and kill him. And that, I mean, that, I'm going to come back and check him. And a lot of times too, I mean, people think that you can't, tell and you can't tell exactly about a turkey's voice again it's one of those things yeah uh, but you know i like to hunt the really long spurred mean turkeys you know <laughs> they have a certain seems to me again it's one of those six cents down in your gut type thing they have a certain way of, i mean some of them just have a voice it's got that tin can rattle you know, just that—it's just weak. You know, oh, yeah. and you got to hear it to know it. And, and, and but them, and a lot of times, it's the position they get themselves in, and how they act. You know, I try to find my, try to find me five of them in a season. You know, that's uh-huh. that's the ones I want to. I feel like I've accomplished something. But mm-hmm. now I'm with my with my children, and when I take other people, I mean, a turkey's a turkey. Let's go get a turkey. You know, if I take somebody else hunting, and, you know, we're trying to. I'm trying my best to get them a turkey, and I'm trying to teach my children. You know how to do what, what's got what they got to do to, to you know. Like I think Jacob, my twelve year, I think he done killed like thirty something. He's twelve years old. Good. I mean, miss. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, and he's proud that he's killing them, them, them big birds. He knows, he knows. Now we've traveled some with him, you know, but now, but he understands that value. He's getting that of, that of the public bird, you know that. The ones that were going in there after he, he, you know, he knows he he gets it, and he knows that I've already killed. You know, I'm gonna kill my, I'm gonna, I want to kill some more. Though he knows when we're hunting that, you know, he's learning that process of the public bird and everything, and I'm proud of him for getting that caveat that he's got. You know, he knows he's hooked and ready yeah. to go. Yeah, I mean, he is. He, he, you know, he ate school. He don't see any reason to go on school in the springtime, uh, and you know, and, and and he's really, really struggling. I mean, to to sign up for baseball because he's like, man, he's gonna cut into my turkey hunting, you know. So, no, that, well, that's pretty cool. And the aspect of what you were talking about for someone in limited time of getting out there and and not necessarily wasting your time trying to go after bird, which, you know, depending on how you look at it, you might waste your time, you might not, but instead get inventory of a bunch of different birds and then go in there and try to figure out which one's best to kill. Now, my question for you is, how much do you see in a season those birds moving? Like, if, if, if you get a bird, like, keep hammering off a certain ridge or something, you know, whether you're, you're you know, you're trying to locate them from the road or you're walking off a, a knob or something, how often is that bird going to stay there majority of the season if he's not getting killed? You know, do they cover a lot of ground or are they pretty much isolated in certain areas? You know, some of them just call home home, you know, and very few are just pure homers. Some of them are just pure homers and they don't move. But, you know, food, habitat, hens is going is to, you know, if they come in logging or something, habitat could change. Food sources change during the, from the first of the season. You know, he may not, he may be here because he's scratching for anything he can find. But then, you know, three quarters of a mile, there's a cutover greening up or something, and bugs are crawling, and he's gonna move for the for the for the groceries. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna tell you what, you know, if you could give me with your woman one time a year, 
you'd be gobbling and hammering and going wherever. If she said, we're going to the mall today, you're going to load up and go to the mall. And I'm going to tell you, he's going wherever she, wherever that inventory of hens is, he's going. My question then is for you, finding those flocks of hens. Because I know, I, I believe we had talked about that a little bit last year, finding these individual flocks of hens and kind of pattering them because mm-hmm. the gobblers are going to be there. That's correct. So if you got ladies night at the bar, mm-hmm. the ladies are coming, the boys are going to show up, man. Yep. I mean, but if the ladies are there, the guys are going to show up. Same in the same scenario. Wherever that food is and where that – you know, guys have to start thinking towards the late – early season, it's all – we're all – it's a big mixer, you know. As the season getting to where – you know, when I'm getting ready to hunt towards the end of – in Alabama, it's March. It starts in March and it goes into April. And I think now because of the way they're trying to change and experiment with our season, we may be going into early May even this year. But you got to figure towards that – what I tell you earlier, in the top of the cone mm-hmm. or the top of the funnel, if you fill the funnel full of sand, the top, the sand at the top of the funnel don't even know it's moving. And then the ones down here at the bottom screaming, ah, we're going through, you know. <laughs> All right, well, you got to figure the hens are moving to – they're changing the game because as the habitat and the food changing, guess what they're doing? Nesting. Nesting. All right, you got to figure – Where's the proximity of the best nesting habitat for those hens? You'll see the gobblers move, shift around sides of mountains towards, you know, you just little bitty intricate things that guys that kill them mm-hmm. think about and the guys that want to kill them need to think about. So do you key in on nesting areas, trying to find gobblers strutting around that, that general area? I don't know that I do that. I think I know within a certain reason of where I think hens are more likely. And if I'm having, if I'm looking to pick a turkey up and just like not, not having any luck, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't go to the nesting site. I don't need to be at the nesting site because that's not where the hen, that's not where the gobbler is. Yeah. I want to get between him and where the hens are breaking off and going to the nesting sites. You know, where I think the nest, nesting site, ne- a hen can nest anywhere she wants to. There's a lot of weird, I've, I've seen them in some weird places, and I've seen them in some places it was just, you know, ideal to, in my mm-hmm. mindset. But I'm not a hen, and I'm not nature. You know, but, uh, you know, um, I, I think I just try to, I think I would catch myself moving more towards the perimeter one. I don't need to be in or right on a nesting site mm-hmm. or, or, or a good habitat for nesting. I just need to be within earshot of that. Mm-hmm. Don't need yeah. to be there because that's stupid. Mm-hmm. I want to go, and I hate being doing stupid things. <laughs> stupid thing. It takes a lot more. Look, man, if you're digging a ditch and you make a, you hit a big rock, and yeah. that's and you and, and you have to dig that big rock out, and it makes a big hole, and then you start digging the ditch again. When you go back to fill that ditch up, it takes a lot more work and a lot more dirt to fill up that hole you dug than it does the rest of the ditch. Right? Uh-huh. I don't like to dig holes. Yeah, that wastes my time. That's stupid. You know. <laughs> I want I want to I want to do the things that's smart. I want to I want to cut that edge. Yeah, Shane said something. Said, was it Shane that was talking about that? I don't know. I can't remember. Somewhat we were talking to somebody about it. They said something very. That's why I asked. They said something very similar to what you just said. Um, now, now can I, I have a question about locating birds because you're talking about going out listening for them. Are you also trying to implement locating calls? earlier in the season trying to locate birds or are you truly just letting them do their own thing in the mornings i'm 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 letting them do their own thing okay. i'm i'm um, no, again less is more mm-hmm. uh you know i i hoot very little crow call very little i mean and my thing is i'm gonna i'm gonna you're on you, you brought the locator thing up i'm gonna use that for a minute 
in my growing up and learning and everything, I, I you know, again, I wanted to sound so real that the turkey couldn't figure me out. Okay, so, you know, if I can hear you and you're on another ridge blowing an X-brand plastic crow call it, and you sound like a bunch of crap over there, I mean, that's, that's just, you know, I'm sorry. If I can tell you're blowing a piece of plastic crap, then you don't think the turkeys can tell? And you know, so I, I really wanted to hone in on stuff like that, uh, making sure my crow call sound like a real crow. It's close, and, and teach people how to the, the, listen to crows, how they really, you know, begin. I'm not trying to call a crow and i'm not, not trying to sound i'm trying to make a turkey gobble but i want it to sound as realistic as i can uh so again you know and then one of the things that i that i use that a lot of folks don't is uh because and because a lot of folks don't i use a hawk call uh you know you can you can actually turn your crow call if i had one with me i could turn it and you can actually turn you know the crow call mouthpieces are long mm-hmm. you can actually turn those sideways and make a hawk blow through it sideways pinch it and blow hard and it'll make a hawk call it'll you know it whistle yep but i mean and but i make a hawk call that i really like that um you know a hawk kind of incites the woods the blue jays squirrel all kind of stuff react to the if the if the turkey don't gobble to the hawk call itself the hawk taught me that 30 40 years ago a hawk was circling and was screaming and a turkey gobble and I wound up killing that turkey because of that hawk. Well, that, you know, as a whatever I was, might have been 20 at the time, whatever, that really imbranded, you know, imprinted on me, and I always remember that. Well, as again, I'm an anal kind of wax on, wax off. I'm going to make myself, I'm going to do, I'm going to outwork you. That's my thing. If I'm a coach or if I'm a pot player or whatever, I'm going to outwork you. You are not going to outwork me. You may beat me, but you're not going to outwork me. And that's my analogy with my life and my everything with everything I do. I, I really believe that that would be my analogy of mm-hmm. of me. Um, and that hawk, though, I, I blow it, and it seems like it excites. And the turkey may not answer my hawk scream, but he may get. It may be a trickle down effect that another that a that a crow or another hawk three hundred yards away. Uh, the crow would seem like when you blow that hawk call, a crow, blue jay, something's going to fire off, and he may be right on top of a gobbler. That gets me my gobble. So I'm not looking just to, for the hawk call to be responded to. I'm looking for a trigger. Mm-hmm. So kind of back to it, in the mornings you're Man, just, I'm teaching y'all too many dang things. Y'all going to kill too many turkeys. <laughs> I need that in my life. I miss too many. Hey, man, this is some good stuff well, right need, here. Yeah, I better write this book for everybody steals all <laughs> Well, kind of going back to it, so in the mornings, you're truly letting the birds, for the most part, trying to do their own thing. Are you... Less do, is best. Less I don't, is best. I don't want him to know I'm there. So, that being said, are you doing a lot of listening from the roads? Do you walk in 100 yards, 200 yards? Where I can. Where, uh, where, it make, where it's prudent, makes sense, and, mm-hmm. and it makes good for my time, okay. and it's quiet in, quiet out. My thing is, I don't want a turkey to know that I'm nowhere in the world until I call to him. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this, then. I, and I, I want to give – if I can't – I want to kill him the first time I ever call to him. If I can't, then I'm going to – in three days, I give him three days, and if I can't, I'm I'm, I'm gone. This is coming out of left field, <laughs> but I noticed this last year while we were hunting up there because, uh, again, the woods are so open. You can hear – I mean, you'd be 400 yards off the road, and you can hear 
a loud truck coming through, you know, mm-hmm. loud exhaust. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, are you more of like a, do you think a subtle vehicle or something? Because those roads, when you're on top of those ridges and everything, it really carries. Do you think the vehicles bother turkeys at all? Because I know you've killed birds close to the roads too. I've killed birds with a foot in the ditch. Yeah. You know, just, just, you just got to do what you got to do to kill the turkey. But mm-hmm. uh, they, the turkeys in my area, mm-hmm. and I would see the scenario being uh, very – familiar everywhere else the turkeys the road is just habitat the turkey don't know that that's a truck they don't know that hunters are in it and everything but i think they get conditioned response to that because i say that because if you're there early and you got a turkey goblin and this is a scenario that's just i mean i'm just it's almost laughable you know at this point i could be in the woods working a turkey and blah 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 and hear that gravel crunching you know somebody coming in with a loud late you know he slipped or you know the turkey shuts up Mm -hmm. will not say another word you're sitting there thinking and you just hope to heck that that guy don't stop on the ridge and 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 (laughs) you just hope to heck the turkey don't gobble Mm -hmm. because you want him to go on i'm sorry that's just i mean you know but you'll be surprised I don't know if I'm, I shouldn't say that. Shouldn't be surprised. That's it's just the way it is. I think the turkeys are conditioned response to shut up. They get so used to that, especially on public ground, that they just shut down. And if you'll you'll think you know the, a rookie or a, I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for, if rookie or not, but you know a guy that's less learned would think, well, you know, dang it. Ma'am, my caution is don't think don't think he's gone. Always think he's right there. Mm-hmm. He, he ain't done nothing. That truck didn't make him leave. That truck ain't making. He's still right there. Don't panic. Wait. P A T. Y'all better write this down. I'm giving you one that I'm gonna put in the book now. P A T I E N C, and the E is silent. Okay. Now, what did I just say? P-A-T-I-E-N-C, and the E is, the last D is silent, right? Patience and shut your mouth. If you'll just let him be, he'll gobble again, and then you can play the game and get back in the game, okay? The the truck is a conditioned response. The turkeys, are they do get used to, you know, here's that gravel and that muffler roaring and the truck door and some bubble gets out. And, you, hey, man, we all fit. Bubba and me both got to intermingle. We got to get along, you know. And, I mean, we're all out there trying to enjoy ourselves and try to have fun. I'm I'm not, you know, mad at him or nothing. Just, you know, you just got to take it for what it is. It's public ground. Well, we've actually experienced that. Me and Andrew probably five, six years ago, we pulled over on the side of the road, located one. Uh, it was in the afternoon, uh, late afternoon. And we ran down the hill, and it was like in some thick pines right on the edge of a big hardwood drainage. Um, and we got down there, and while we were setting up, there was a truck or somebody came by, and they blew something. And he was hammering everything that we were throwing at him. He was coming up the hill. Well, when that truck stopped, he shut up. And when the guy – I think he owl-hooted. Um, <clears throat> he just didn't say anything. The guy got back in the truck, drove off, and the bird fired back Turkey up again. Turkey froze. We could see him. And he stopped, and he just stood there. He's like, I don't know about that. Yeah. But then the second he drove off, a few minutes later, he was fired up again. So it's kind of cool how you you know brought that up. It, it makes me wonder how many turkeys I've walked past being lazy because on that same place, I'm sitting there working this goblin turkey, and it's like he's gobbling at everything. He's like real fired up. It's like nine o'clock in the morning, 
and this guy comes crunching by on the gravel road walking and you can you can just hear him like crunch 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 and the turkey shuts up and you can hear this guy like walk all the way out of earshot and he gets away and like two minutes later that turkey just started right back up their condition response yep you know i hate to say it but that's what it is Mm -hmm. now i've got a question for you do you have any success or do you even look to roost birds at all is that something that you do or have it i have done it i mean you know again when you're a coach of little league or whatever and ball in the spring i mean afternoons have not been my best you know best thing i do when i can Mm -hmm. i've enjoyed it when i can i enjoy evening going out and if i get one particular bird on my mind or something you know i try to get another advantage if i can if i if i know but you know i've learned because of my again my conditions you got to use what you got your time you can't make more of it you know and i'm coaching baseball or softball something in the afternoons and you know and a lot of times if i hunt in the morning some i've got to work till you know too i've got a lot of i still build turkey calls every day i'm blessed to have a good uh group of people that help me and work around me and i've learned learning to delegate is a hard thing we talked about that an hour ago i mean and look i'd stay as long as you, I, you start talking about turkeys i will melt this uh uh, wallpaper off here before I'll leave you know but, but you know, you, you're yeah I know you're I'm not in no hurting for time you will we'll, we'll do as much episode as you want to do but um you know back to just just it's just time yeah. time management so I enjoy the morning more than I do the afternoon mm-hmm. and some folks love afternoon hunting but it's because of their condition response they got a job that they can't go they got to be at work at six o'clock and they get off at three thirty. and them guys getting their stuff going to the woods and they enjoy afternoon hunting mm-hmm. you know uh, you know I Here's the deal. If a turkey's roosting in the same spot every day, I could go kill him, right? In the, if I've got, if it's legal to hunt there in the afternoon, which most, see my, too, my management area that's close to me used to never, as I grew up, didn't allow afternoon hunting. So again, condition response. Mm-hmm. The, the, the National Forest are dead, but the management area didn't. And, um, you know, I just enjoyed hunting the management area. And then of course, I, I mean, I hunt, man, the, it's a huge area of National Forest and everything around there too. But, so that, not going in the afternoon made me just kind of that and that and baseball. I would like to coach and play ball. You know, I've been very active in the community with our uh, ball players and stuff. And uh, but like again, going back to what you could, if he's roosting in the same spot, you know, if I really really wanted to, and you can go back into a roosting area and try to kill that turkey coming back to roost, that's not my favorite way. I like him in the morning when he's mad and screaming at the day and and you know, bang bang bang. I want it. I want that time. Goblin, if he's goblin screaming in the evening, that's one. It, you know, I mean, he's still doing his thing and he's still a turkey. But man, I like that. I like that morning time. I mean, you know, sometime mid. You know, I just like a, a turkey that's acting like that. I don't want to. I don't want to take that advantage away from him. You know, that he's going. That he's just get back in his area just to kill a turkey. Well, so a question I've got for you is. And you touched on this earlier, kind of like a bird shutting up for some reason. What advice do you have for somebody? And you talked about patience, and I think patience is key, and I know it's really important for you. When you're working a bird and he shuts up, you know, I know I'm guilty of it. You know, 15, 20 minutes, even 30 minutes goes by, and I get up and I move out because I'm like, something happened to the bird, okay? What is your advice for somebody, new or not, doesn't matter, if they're working birds and they start shutting up, whether you're calling to them or they're just working around you, you know, they just hit the ground, you know, they they were hammering on the roost, they hit the ground and then they all shut up. 
what what do you do in situations like that? You know, is there anything that you can kind of pull out of the bag of tricks that can kind of help you in those situations? Or are you just more patient to sit there and kind of play the, the waiting game on them? Two or three things. Time, if I'm there to hunt and I've got time to hunt, mm-hmm. and I want to enjoy my day. I mean, if I feel like I'm in a good area, and I probably feel like I am if I'm there to begin with, I'm there for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to think of my situation – <coughs> and I'm either going to think I'm in the right spot or do I need to relocate to a better spot by what I've heard the morning do. If the morning's done nothing, sometimes it's just a dead day. There are such things as dead days. You, you They say, well, a turkey guy kill one no matter what. Man, they certain things. There's some days you ain't going to kill them. They ain't going to gobble, and they just ain't going to act right. And anybody tells you different, they're a liar. I personally am going to evaluate to the best of my that inner. <clears throat> am I in the right spot? Do I need to put foot leather? Do I need to go find out what's going on, or do I just need to be calm and don't go spooking these turkeys? They're here. But my number one thing that I'm guaranteed, the first thought process in my mind is locating where I'm at. I'm going to, especially if I've hunted into a spot and where I'm at or whatever, I'm going to put myself in the best position. You better write this one down. Pull high, get out your cookie and your water bottle. I'm going to pull high, and I'm going to get in the most strategic spot I can get that I can hear if they, if whatever, one turkey or all of them start cranking up at 730, 8, 9. If I got the time to spend and I'm hunting, I'm going to pull high. I'm going to pull out that little Debbie or whatever it is. You know, hey, you know, there's a lot of guys having affairs. I'm feeling, yeah, I'm telling a lot of them, their wives, that, that little Debbie, is, she's, she's <laughs> her. I mean, uh, anyway, I'm going to pull that snack, whether it's your granola or your little Debbie or whatever, whatever's your choice of whatever. I look, do you, I look like yeah, a little Debbie I kind mean, of guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, I'm going to pull high, and I'm going to relax. I'm going to gather, and I'm going to listen. I'm just going to hit my water bottle, and I'm going to hydrate, get some fuel in me, you know, uh, and I'm going to let that morning continue to – I'm going to let them tell me. I've done the aggressive side, and I've won just as many being on the passive as I had the aggressive. You know what I mean? When I was younger, buddy, I'd just beat them ridges and just call and run – that's fun, too, and if I want to do that, well, that's what I'll do. If I've got a good long ridge I want to work, well, I'll do that. And if I don't, I'm just going to – if I'm in good woods, I'm going to pull high, enjoy my time. And if people slow down and enjoy and patience and sit there and just enjoy the morning instead of thinking they've got to go run them ridges and kill – because I'm telling you, running them ridges is spooking more turkeys. What I said an hour ago, turkeys – are more condition response there too. They're more caller shy. They're more they're more people shy than they are call shy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. Well, it's yeah. like it's like anything. You know, uh, we had a couple. Uh, we've had a couple people tell us this is that you know as long as you you sound good on a call, it's just a turkey call. Turkeys are always making noises. It's when they associate that with you know seeing a human, seeing a person, or having a negative response to that because of again they saw or heard you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, a sound that's not natural to them, that's when, you know, you kind of have some issues there. Uh, one question I've got, talking about running ridges, because there are a lot of guys out there that want to do the whole running gun thing. Um, maybe, you know, they ought to work on patience, myself included, but it's hard for them to, you know, really stick to a spot. If a guy's running and gunning on, like, a long ridge, what position would you want to be on? Would you want to be on the top of the ridge, off one side, you know, military crest, one-third down? Do you want to be lower down? Like, where would you want to be if you're trying to, you know, strike up a bird, you know, mid-morning or something? Well, and that's a loaded question. If I if I'm just moving and locating, to me the the ridge top is not the advantage. That's not your military way of of moving. You're gonna get silhouetted and all that kind of stuff. But being on the top like that when you're just walking and calling, it gives me two sides to hear a turkey mm-hmm. gobble off. To you know you know, um, that's a, that's a loaded question. If I know a turkey's in a spot i'm going to move, i'm going to move the third down i'm going to move off that ridge top i don't want to approach him unless it's a long way and i got a quiet my quickest quietest way is right down and get to a spot and then drop off and come around you'll never see me i don't think just stay right to him i may boogie 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 to a spot and mm-hmm. then you're going to see me swing around mm-hmm. well the cool thing about that place too with all those long ridges you can really use that to your advantage if he's working off one drainage there's so many drainages running mm. through those you can run down the side of another drainage and swing back around that point and come back up to him it takes work it takes work takes time but also gives that turkey a different advantage because he maybe he heard your call from one direction you swing around the backside he's all like, oh, hitting this you know swung right. around and then maybe that uh curiosity killed the cat right. kill, kill the turkey um so that, that's awesome um when it comes to hunting places like this kind of later in the season are the birds, you know, fairly separated back then? Or is there a difference between when gobblers are still kind of grouped up or the birds are still kind of grouped up versus when they're alone? Oh, absolutely. They act totally different. So, so what is that transition like for a hunter? You know, is it when they're separated, are they more vocal? Or when they're kind of together, does it make it more difficult in the aspect of? I don't know that there's a plus or a minus there. They just act different. You know, it's like when guys are together, mm-hmm. you know, if we're all here, we're going to act this one way and we're apart, you know, you know. <laughs> one woman come in this room right here right now and they're with us i mean you know we're all gonna kind of <clears throat> you know we're all gonna kind of stretch want, stuff yeah we want her, we're gonna want her to check us out you know we're yep. gonna say well you know and then if one of us if she starts you know we're all gonna try to get that advantage you know and then but other than that i think it's just just i mean you you're normal mm-hmm. human can be kind of into the turkey world i think the turkeys you know they're they're, they're flock family type you know oriented uh, I mean, you'll see groups of gobblers with hens. You'll see, then you get that one hen, that one gobbler that gets his hair. You gets that hen. A lot of times, though, if in, in certain situations, you'll have gobblers close that hens. It, it's it's a weird phenomenon, but you'll see gobblers take over closer than you think. Take hens this way and take hens that way. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, 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 I, I think you could overthink that one a little bit. You know, just I think it's just just turkey hunt them. I wouldn't, you know, seeing the difference of there, there's still a turkey. Yeah. I'm not going to worry about him being, you know, he's still going to do what he's going to do. You know, he, he wants to show how pretty he is, whether we're in a group or or not. You know, you might not have to work as hard when, but once you got that, you're still a turkey. Yeah. There, still, it's still a turkey no matter how you look at it. Yeah. So one of my last questions, and then I'll let everybody kind of wrap up if you got a couple of different things, um, is what advice would you give to somebody that's going out and hunting, whether it's a region kind of like what you're dealing with or, you know, anywhere else you've hunted before, you know, for a newer guy going out, what's a, one of the more important pieces of advice you would give them to become a better turkey hunter or really a turkey killer? Time. 
and you know think before you go with the, the advantages of all these um on x and all these applications you know these stuff you can do all these phones i mean my gosh the, it, it's become the day and era of, of of information look what we're doing we're talking about turkey on a pod i mean and we're putting out information i mean the world's just full of information now you know i had to make my information i had to learn it and i'm over here giving it to you you know but uh, put the sun to your back if when it's possible Think about your route in in the morning. Put that sun. Every advantage you can give yourself, give it to you. You know, be comfortable, good footwear, you know, dry socks, you know, food and water. I mean, have something that can keep you out there. Put the sun to your back and think of what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Think think your route in. Think your route out. If I can get that sun to my back, though, you've given me one more little edge to me because if he's – if I'm having to look at the sun, it hurts me, and then I'm trying not to be illuminated. You know, I don't want to be where sun hitting, glaring, or mo- it's, it's amplifying. You know, you think about seeing a deer, in the, if you're deer hunting, or turkey hunting, but a deer especially because you see the white inside their leg. If they're on a, on a hill that's lit, you see them moving real easy, okay? Mm-hmm. Turn that around, and you can hardly find them. Mm-hmm. All right, same thing. I don't want to be. I don't want to be in the sun. I always try to be in the shadows, and I try to keep that sun to my back. If I can approach a turkey, that's just another one of them things I have to think about. But you, when you start doing it enough, it becomes second nature. You know, to try to swing and make my process and my approach be sun to my back. Use your time wisely. You know. Dry socks, food and water, you know, and, and, you know, use you, your time. I mean, you know, know what your gun does. Be patient. I mean, you know. Stay still, shoot straight. Yeah, don't take a cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, uh, so one, I wanted to ask, uh, we got Tyler and Clay here too. Do either one of y'all have questions y'all want to grab a headset for? You good, Tyler? We're good. I, I got one more question, then we'll wrap it up. Um, it. I, I feel like I waste a lot of time chasing turkeys that I'm never going to kill. So is there anything that tips you off where the turkey's doing something where you're just like, I'm not going to kill this turkey today. I need to go find a different turkey. How do you know when to leave a turkey is what Ooh. I'm getting at. Yeah. yeah, one turkey can ruin a man's season. You know, mm-hmm. you can get to where you can just stay on and stay on him and you become obsessed with him. And and uh, I try not to get that way. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it gets personal. Oh, yeah. You know, I've spent way too much time on one turkey, and whether I kill him or not, I mean, those are the good ones. Those are the ones you talk about more than you do, like Aaron's miss. You talk about the miss or the – you talk about something different. Ain't the one you throw in your coffin. By, you know, by the way, I do have a coffin. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, so that's kind of a – yeah, that's kind of a fun thing. Uh, I, I think I scared uh, Aaron and them to death that day. I told, showed them that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> old gobbler yeah, coffin. Yeah, gobbler coffin, but uh, – <laughs> I, that's another one of them CD Rich's six cents thing. I mean, you can one turkey can ruin a man's season, or it can make it. You know, you, we need to define turkey hunting. It's what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you're running all over fifteen, twenty states and killing twenty or thirty turkeys makes you then, and you got the money and the time to do it, then do it, man. But if one, you know, guys want to apologize for I didn't kill but one this year, man. I'm happy you killed one. Enjoy the don't don't talk don't look down on yourself that you kill one. Did you enjoy it? Was it a fun hunt? Did you use your calls? Did you use your wisdomship? Or what was it just luck or it doesn't matter? Did you have fun? I mean, 
what my dad don't worry about your mistakes enjoy mm-hmm. enjoy today enjoy tomorrow you know absorb a little bit more and think a little bit less you know yeah i mean if he kicks your butt man he kicks your butt who cares you do you i mean i don't care if he kicks your butt you know i don't care if i can kick my butt mm-hmm. uh they're going to there's some out there that you just you know you ain't going to kill and i mean when to get up and leave that's up to you i think that's you know don't don't sell yourself short and don't sell yourself long either mm-hmm. you know that's up to you 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 what god gives you so much time he gives you so many days what you do with it's up to you so that's your time and that's your day and that's your gobbler and that's between you and that gobbler mm-hmm. knowing when he's going to come and knowing when he ain't <coughs> that's that's not up to us i mean you know it could be hens it could be he's just so weary and leery I mean, yeah. you know, you hear guys talking about positioning and changing different calls. Man, have fun as long as you want to have fun with him. Yeah. You know, and if, when it ceases to be fun, leave him. Go find another one. Go find another one. Yeah. I've got another one. I, I, Dave's run behind us a touch. So I've got, I got one other question that just kind of came to mind, which I think is important for us to talk about, especially since you've hunted public land as long as you have, which is uh, public land turkey hunting ethics. Okay you know, respecting other turkey hunters in the area. What is kind of your thoughts on that? Um, because, you know, there's always situations you hear guys crawling up on other guys and stuff like that during the springtime. Um, what's your thoughts kind of on the, the ethics of public land turkey hunting or really turkey hunting in general? Um, and, again, maybe some of the experiences you've had. I'll err on the side of caution every time. I mean, it's just the way I'm going to be. I'm going to back off. I mean, if I know, you know, like being late at a gate, my goodness, go on. Don't act like you pull 200 yards down and find a little put another little pull off and then get up there and run in. Oh, I didn't know you. Man, if it's, if if I hear another guy that I, in the woods, you know, and I'm, I'm or I'm going to err on the side of pullback. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get myself to what I think is safe, ethical, logical place, and I'm going to pull back and see what he does. If I can, you know, keep tabs of the turkey and the man by hearing them both, if he's being very vocal, and I'm pretty much you can kind of tell if he's pretty good by what he's doing, mm-hmm. either how he's calling or if I can tell it's a guy calling or, you know, if, if or the way he's moving and presenting himself to the turkey, and, you know, I don't, I don't do I don't do it any different if I think he's just a rookie just bumbling through the woods calling or if I think it's a good guy or, not, you know, I just – I won't err on side of caution. If he kills, and I don't want to get shot, I don't want to don't want to booger the bird. I think again, all that, mm-hmm. you know, turkeys gobbling and guys are sometimes coming at him from six, seven, eight. I mean, that makes me want to throw up. I mean, that's just me. I'd rather go find one that ain't being messed with. Honestly, uh, I'd rather work that game with just me and the, you know, as much as I can. I want to get away from people. I'll mm-hmm. work. I'll work twice as hard. I'll take six steps to go around you than I'll rather than take one that would get on you. It may be the that one may be the easiest way for me, and you know. But I'll turn around and walk out, or I'll take six steps to get around. I, I'm not gonna get on a guy. That's just that's just one ethics is something that's in somebody's heart and mind and soul too. I mean. Some folks got it or not. I mean, my thing is either you're first class or no class. Mm-hmm. If you either got class or you don't, you know, you're either going to be a first class guy, do the thing right, or either you not got class and you're just, I mean, that's a split line to me. Mm-hmm. There's no kind of, yeah, half class. No, you either got class or you don't. And that's, that's just my analogy, the way I feel about it. And I think that's the way I just analyze the situation. Guys are going to be guys and they're going to do it the right way or the wrong way. 
me personally, I hope Mike Pentecost always does it the right way. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to err on the side of caution. I'm going to pull out. Well, that's that's one good thing I like to talk about, especially with people like yourself that have that experience just because, you know, I'm sure we're going to see Facebook posts in the next two months. Uh, you know, that season start ramping up of guys being like, oh, he got to my gate first and crap like that. People post about it. And then, it ain't your gate. Exactly. It's public land. Or, you know, guys walking in on another guy's. And it's just like if you see a vehicle there, because turkey hunting, so, there's so much movement with turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. You can't, like you said, you can't park 200 yards down the road and go on the same side they're at. And the problem is, and you see, especially areas like where you're hunting with those roads, you don't know. There's there's so many small places that you pull off the road if it's not an actual gate. You don't know if the guy's going on the left side of the road or the right side of the road. Right. And it's like, you know, that's just another opportunity of you walking up on somebody. Um, and then, you know, always the the case of him mistaking you for a bird or vice versa and that kind of stuff. Because I've had that happen before uh, while hunting another piece of public land in Alabama, uh, which was pretty crazy had a guy crawl up on me within 25 yards that's scary yeah um for sure but i'm gonna go back to that before we leave that you know i would be in i would be amiss to not mention the fact of how many turkeys i've probably killed because i had the time to let the situation play out and let the other guy either leave or play his hand or give up his own, you know, or just not get. I would be amiss to not say that, you know, I sit there and be again, bid my time, had the time to play, and just sit. You know, if I wanted to leave, leave. I left, left. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if I held my ground and I'm not moving anymore, that's my main thing. If I get in that situation, I feel like the turkey and the main, and, and me and another, you know, are engaged in the same woods and didn't mean to be. My thing is I'm not going to move anymore unless it's out, straight way out. You know what I mean? But they, I would be amiss to say the times that I wound up killing the turkey because that guy gave up or made a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, and I had the time to stay. I had the turkey located, and guess what? The turkey never really did anything. You know, he might have rolled around, you know, and came out. You know, there's a whole, you know, and I'm able to check on because a lot of guys are very vocal. They call a lot, and uh, I can, you know, but I can always trail myself out right back the way I came. I mean, I, that's, that's one of them being in a landmine situation. You know, I don't want to keep going further, further if I think I'm in landmines. I want to try to put my feet in the same tracks I had back. You know, I don't know if that's a – I mean, I think some folks are going to realize that analogy. Yeah. You no, I, I agree, and I think that's a good point of, you know – just because there's another guy in there, if you stay still and just kind of, you know, stay calm, let it play out, that doesn't mean the opportunity's not there, which, you know, kind of brings up the thought of, you know, how hard is it to kill a bird that someone just messed up on? Not hard. Same thing. Pull the trigger the same way. <laughs> He's still a turkey. You know, write this one down. Turkeys are going to be turkeys. Turkeys are going to do what a turkey's going to do. I mean, you pull the trigger. I mean, that guy, that turkey don't know. Mm-hmm. He may condition response, but if you're in the woods and doing whatever, I mean, turkey is going to be a tur- turkey. is going to do what turkey's going to do. I mean, if he messes up, I mean, I take my safety off and, and pull the trigger the same way, whether I'm, you know, if the other guy messes him up. A lot of times, you know, less is more. If, if you just let him know you're there. And don't say nothing else. If the other guy keeps pestering or doing something, does anything wrong, if the turkey's still interested in whatever, he may just, you just might be keep your mouth shut and keep your eyes and ears open and keep, you know, 
You know, if the guy shoots the turkey, well, great. You know, that one's dead. Don't come back here. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you know, a lot of times, you know, I look up and here he comes, you know, walking right to me, you know, and I identify my target and know that I'm not hurting anything. There's nothing between me and that turkey, but, you know, I kill him the same way. Less is more in some situations Less just like that. Less is more. How many times have I said that this morning? <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it. I mean, that's cliche, but still. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, see that that gives me more confidence on the aspect of I'm not I'm not the greatest caller. I'm not even a good caller. I'm actually probably the worst caller in the room right now. Um, <laughs> if you can cluck and kill and be well, the best clucker well, you can be. That's like focus. Should have got that pot yesterday. I, mm. God I told dang you. It. I, I told know you. you told me to buy that. Anyways, um, so that, that to me that's exciting for a lot of guys that you don't have to be a champion caller to go out there and have constant kill birds. If you work on your woodsmanship understand how the birds are using the area and know where they want to be. And you can just sound realistic enough to say, hey, there's a hen here, a lone hen, whether she's feeding or not. Just make a little bit of sound. You know, that gives me a lot more confidence. You know, kind of just exactly what you're talking about. You know, less is more. You don't have to go out there and be, again, a champion caller to kill those birds. Now, I'm sure that, that doesn't help. I mean, that doesn't hurt at all. It probably no, is a huge benefit. The more you sound like a turkey, the more, the more you work on your, your game there, the better off you are. Obviously, yep. I mean, these guys that can call. Mm-hmm. That championship level, I mean, it's, it's sweet to listen to them call in the woods or on stage, either one. Mm-hmm. Listen to them guys call is awesome. But, I mean, again, the anal side of me is I want to be – I love to sound good, too. I mean, that I don't want to – I want a tool that helps me sound good and bridges that gap. I want my abilities to be the best I can be, mm-hmm. and I want a tool that can help me be that with, you know, our, that real hand box call, and you know the, the per pot, the certain mouth call that may, that I I just know is giving me that you know that thing that it factor mm-hmm. right there that you know the, I've got confidence in that call. The turkeys are answering it, you know. But again, I can always make a call, the next call louder, but I want to make a soft call first. And the next call, if I want to bring it up an octave, I can't. I don't go out there and blast that. I don't scream first. I whisper, hey, any turkeys out here want to gobble to me? You know, and then if I don't get nothing back in a few minutes, I'll make my next call, that next call may be, hey, any turkeys out here want to gobble to me? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, I you know. And the next time I call, 20, 10, 15 minutes, I may be, hey, any turkeys out here want, and now, you know, yeah, I might and I might not. Well, you know what? If I scream to begin with, and didn't get nothing, then, you know, to me, I've hurt myself. So, mm-hmm. that's another one. Bring it up, you know. The more we talk, the more stuff comes to mind. So, I've, I've got to ask this. Um, how much does confidence play a factor in how you hunt, but how successful turkey hunters hunt? I think it I think it is a factor. And I don't know if it's confidence. I think it's that experience. It's that learning. It's that factor that I can't put in a book and I can't put in a podcast and, I mean, I can write it down, and we can podcast it, and we can forecast this information and mm-hmm. broadcast this information out there to people and make them be, uh, you know, I can put the bowl of cornflakes in front of my kids and pour the milk in it and give them the spoon and everything. I, if, I can't make them eat it, but I can give them everything they needed to, to eat breakfast. Mm-hmm. Well, we can give them everything they want, but if they eat it, they eat it. If they don't, they don't. And, you know, I just see a hungry uh, audience out there and that guy's wanting that and that confidence is a factor sometimes confidence is just an earned to me it's an earned degree you know it's a oh, yeah. you know i agree it's a it's an earned thing uh and it's hard to just tell a guy hey you know here's the badge here's the band that you are a turkey who's putting that label on you 
put it on yourself, earn it. You know, go out there and earn it and feel. I mean, right now, you know, I'm. I would be to the point that you would think I'm uh, cocky, but I'm really not. It's just it is that uh, just confidence. You know, mm-hmm. I just feel like I. But I enjoy it. You know, I, I realize now that I that 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 is part of my enjoyment. It's part of my fabric. It's part of the fiber of my being. You know, I've been kind of out kind of having some health issues last year so and last year i didn't hardly hunt at all and you know it just blew guys my i mean my friends my close people you know uh you know uh you uh you're not going hunting you know nah just you know but you know what don't have to make excuses for that i mean i went with my son jacobs went some and so he killed i killed one turkey last year and i'm happy i mean i don't you know but in the years past, I mean, it's my my close friends just know that I'm. But you know, it is what it is. And that's another one. I mean, I know that's the 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 famous. It is what it is. That's, I say that so much. It is what it is. And you know, I just want to enjoy what's there. And that comes back to that confidence factor. I just feel like I can go in the woods and enjoy myself and do what I got to do at any point in time. And I'll take what's given to me. I mean, you have to. You take what's there. And you do with it the best you can. And it still is what it is. A good morning. I mean, my analogy there, too, is, and I am you know hate to say it that way, but I need, you know, I need five good mornings. Mm-hmm. I mean, to kill five turkeys, I mean, realistically. I mean, that's, that's that sounds like cockiness, but it's really just confidence. I mean, in, in average, my, um, in hindsight and looking at kind of the track record, you know, it kind of got to where, even in my public woods, it takes me about, I average about 10 mornings to kill my five turkeys. Last year, I only killed one because I hardly even went. My son killed some, mm-hmm. you know, and everything. But my, my, but looking at the way I had kind of evolved the last, you know, five, six, seven, as my age, get a little older and everything, and, and my tactics or whatever, I was, it was you know, my, my average was, you know, about 10 days. Some, some seems to be eight, nine days, sometimes it might be 12 days, but my average would be about 10 days to kill my five turkeys on public ground. So, you know, and then I'm I'm done, you know, so. Mm-hmm. And then I either got to go to another state or whatever, but, you know. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Mike, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Uh, I know we should have – I should have had the recording gear last year while we were sitting around the campfire. Talking um, turkey is not hard for me. No, it's not, but it, it's been – I hope a, I ain't bored you none. Oh, no. I think us and our listeners have got a ton out of this. I know Clay's over here taking notes. Tyler's over here taking notes. Yeah, <laughs> but, five uh, pages. Less is more, half of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, less is more. Every time I said that, you wrote it down. That's pretty good stuff. That's pretty good stuff. Awesome, <laughs> but Mike, Mike, we appreciate it. We'll, we're we're gonna have to do another episode with you sometime this season Anytime. at the shop or something, just about the the history of Woodhaven because it is a really fascinating story. And yeah. I didn't want to take anything away from this because I think a lot of guys are gonna like listening to this for mm-hmm. like the tactic base of hunting. But I'd love to do one again, you know, at the shop or something about your history because it is so fascinating. Because you told me that story last year, and it's. It, it by itself would be a killer podcast. By the time you were through listening, you were, you, you 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 know you had your mouth open, tears yep. in your eyes, and, and said, "Dang it, I shouldn't have had that." Yeah, should have had the microphone going. I, I, you know, that's yeah, you're right. I mean, I, it's a it's a pretty good story, I guess you'd say. Well, awesome, uh, Michael. Good luck again this season. I know Thank y'all you. y'all got a lot of orders to still fill and everything, but man, we appreciate you coming on. Absolutely, here. my pleasure. Sure be.
Y'all go ahead and write down the dates, June 28th through June the 30th. Go ahead and just mark those off your calendar so you can be at the Dalton Convention Center in Dalton, Georgia for the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard a a ton of content from that expo last year that we posted. Uh, We talked about it a ton. Look, if you're the kind of person that listens to this podcast, this show was literally made for you. It was literally designed for you, which means you're going to love it. You know, all the best companies in mobile hunting are going to be there. A lot of the best deer killers in the Southeast are going to be there. A lot of our past podcast guests are going to be there. It's just, it's going to be an incredible event. And hey, if you've been looking to either get into a saddle or maybe a mobile lock-on setup or just a different kind of tree stand setup, I'm telling you, it's worth the investment to go to this show because they're all going to be there and you, you will get to try all of them in person before you buy it. So you don't have to order something online and then wait for it and then try it when it comes in to see if you really like it. You're going to get to go put your hands on everything all in one day, test it all out and figure out exactly what works best for you and have it taken care of before deer season starts. So like I said, go ahead and put it on your calendar, guys. It's a no-brainer. You got to be at the show. Again, it's Friday, June 28th through Sunday, June 30th in Dalton, Georgia. We absolutely cannot wait to meet you guys there and talk hunting. So we'll see you at the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo in Dalton, Georgia.